This podcast was recorded following prolonged exposure to the wine vortex. Listener discretion is advised. The Exton Moss Experiment. Adventures in wine and space with Simon Exton and Ken Moss. Episode 44. Doctor Who. The Doctor's Wife. Hello everyone, and a very warm welcome to the Exton Moss Experiment. I'm Ken Moss. I'm Simon Exton. And we are joined by a special guest tonight. Uh, my very good friend from all the way back from when I was at high school, Paul Isles. Hello. Hello Paul, welcome aboard. Thank you. Now, uh, before we started our main session, Simon has broken you in gently with the very first episode of Outland. <laughs> what did you think of that? Absolutely loved it. It was just It made me laugh all the way through. The people, the characters in it were ace, and as I just said, I... I want to watch the rest of the episode. Yes, uh, available on DVD, just a snip at one hundred and seventy nine <laughs> ninety nine. So we are trying. We've got a bit of a mini campaign going on between us. Since we've done our Outland episode, it has. We've got a lot of traction from Australia, and we're we're sort of in contact with the producers, sort of peripherally, Adam Richards and John Richards. So we're, we're sort of trying to plug it for them to get and it more recognition. What we really need is network to go. Oh, actually, this is a good thing. Yeah, hello network. You, some of the stuff that you're putting out, guys. Uh, it needs an English release because we've only got an R4 release here. And if there is anybody from network listening, Object Z, please, please, please. <laughs> yeah, you've mentioned this. There's a fairly ropey recording that we've uh, we've watched at some point. And I only have the first episode, yeah. so I'd, I'd like to see all of it. And it's a, a full... Um, science fiction serial from the 1960s which would be great to see but because Paul has not heard of any of these things (laughs) uh, we're going to start him off with something that you do actually know and it's a Matt Smith Doctor Who episode from 2011 I think called The Doctor's Wife now you've seen this one before haven't you? yes Yeah. so we're going to do a full commentary and as ever we are powered by gin Paul has actually brought a bottle with him in very much in the spirit of things so I shall whip out the tonic screwdriver and get the lid off. Paul, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight we are drinking Drury 173 London Dry Gin. A straight gin? No, is there, is there any info bollocks? It's been skillfully distilled to create unique spicy notes with a lovely lemony finish. Well, I, have to, I can taste the lemon. It's, it's almost like lemonade. Yeah, and that's kind of Australian mm. level of info bollocks because the the Australian gins we've done have basically just said this is gin and it's got stuff <laughs> in it. Enjoy, <laughs> which I quite like. Oh, that's very nice. Mm, it's it like is, a, a real lemonade. It does smack you around the head with the lemon. Mm. I like that. I'm going to steam mm. it with a four on that. Yeah, mm. four from me, straight in. Or do I have to give it? A oh, bit oh, oh yes, yes. That's but having having no method of. A uh, comparison because uh, oh now I I, I I did a I did a uh, a Bernard oh. guide for Andy and Lisa <laughs> oh so let me see if I can find it I don't I don't want to let the Bernard scale down <laughs> there we go there's the Bernard scale so five wow four more please three nice two meh one bleh, zero kill it with fire yes that's good. Uh, yeah, I would I would say more, please. I, I, we've just been talking about our mothers. 
this is very much a, a Margaret gin <laughs> <laughs> reference to my to my mother. It's it's a it's a, a solid oh. a solid gin. You can taste the lemon. I like it. I'd have yeah. it more. I'd have some more, please. Yes, um, my mother is very much a creature of habit. So she is. When I was growing up, it was Gordon's. Now it's Bombay Sapphire. She doesn't really like newfangled other stuff. But from her, I learned how to mix gin. And it's basically 50-50. My mum hasn't strayed onto Bombay Sapphire yet. It's just so Strictly Gordon's. After all these years? After all these years. She, she experiments with flavours of tonic, but strictly oh. Gordon's. If you like Gordon, a really, really nice one that will come... Uh, I brought the end of a bottle of that will come on to later on in the evening. Blue Topaz. Absolutely oh. lovely. It's Aldi's own. And a really, really nice gin. But that's not what we're reviewing and that's not what we're watching. So <laughs> I'll rein myself back from the, the segues. So we would usually do a black archive at this point, but it's a bit unfair to hit you with uh, asking you to pick out some lost television when you haven't actually done any research, probably. Or I, th- I did think of something for the black archive. I'm not sure if it counts or not. Well, should we yeah. open- <laughs> I tell you what, we'll open the door and take you down. And you can see if you can see it on the shelves. Oh, God, here we go. What would you like to retrieve? I don't know if either of of you watch it. The the Crown. I've not seen it. Is that the one with... It's not the one with Jenna Coleman, is it? It's the one with Claire Foy. Claire Foy and then Olivia Coleman Mm. more recently. Alan watches it, but he watches a lot of shit. And he says exactly the same about me. I've heard very good things about it, but I'm not wildly keen on historical fiction. Anyway, so And I also, I know that you're not a royalist, I've heard. Uh, I, I am absolutely not a royalist. Um, As we heard in the Brexit episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought you took the fuck off Parasite bit out. Nope. No, it's all right. <laughs> all right okay. We're both, we've got a, a, I did not tell you about the appointment. We got a letter through this morning from Q telling us that we're due at the tower next Wednesday for a beheading. Well, that's nice. If they've only got your address, I'm safe. <laughs> anyway, back to The Crown. So this is... So uh, on the, the most recent season of The Crown, they had a section, and I realise that it's partly fictional, but there was a section where Prince Philip had decided to that the, the royal family was getting a bit of a bad press. So he invited some BBC, a BBC documentary crew into Buckingham Palace mm. to film them as an everyday family and, you know, follow them round and see what they do. And it was broadcast on the BBC in, I think, the early 1970s. And it was such oh, a disaster because it, it didn't make them look like a normal family. It made them look like Prince Philip and the rest of the crew. Um, and so it's never it's never been shown on TV since. I've, I'm sure there's it exists somewhere. But. I've seen fragments of it because there's um, bits on the Royal Yacht. There's bits of them on a slide. So there are bits of the, the footage exists. Whether the actual, I know what you're talking about. Interesting. I wonder what it's called. We'll find that out. But that is a perfect addition to the Black Art. It is. Thanks. <laughs> we interrupt this podcast to bring you news that the film being discussed is called Royal Family. It was a joint BBC-ITV commission in 1969 and was broadcast to over 30 million viewers. Critical reception was largely negative and the film hasn't been shown since 1972. 
I haven't thought of anything. I haven't thought of anything. <laughs> well, I think you you can have the glory of the black archive to yourself because I've not uh, I've not researched this. Obviously, it would be monstrous to actually be prepared for when you arrive. <laughs> so right, well that is what we will pull out. We shall go back up to the viewing room. So here we are again, happy as can be. In the player is the Blu-ray of The Doctor's Wife. It's uh, one that I've revisited quite a few times over the years. I do like this one. It's Neil Gaiman who's written it. Yes, who is one of my favourite authors. I started reading Sandman way back in the 80s. I've read his Death series, uh, American Gods, Coralie. I, I really, really like his work. I loved this episode of Doctor Who. I loved his episode of... Babylon 5. Sadly, his second episode of Doctor Who was a bit shit, but... Nightmare in Silver. Nightmare in Silver, yeah. Where he tried to turn the Cybermen into the Borg, um, and it really didn't work. But that's not the one we're watching. We're watching the good one. Right, well, without further ado, Ron VT, Doctor Who, The Doctor's Wife. You know, I, I know chunks of the, the the wider set will be CGI, but it just fits seamlessly into this. Him, I can only ever remember. I don't know his name, but I can only ever remember seeing him in an advert for not drink driving. <laughs> it was. I discovered it wasn't the robot king after all. It was the real one. Fortunately, I was able to reattach the head. This is a great TARDIS. Before they changed. Do you know, I've never been overly fond of it. I like the layout. I've just never been overly fond of it as a. A console room. I I actually quite like the way they change it as often as they do. Mm. Um, because, okay, original series, White and Roundels, it was like that for decades. 20 years? Well, 25 years. Yeah. We, which is great, and familiarity and everything, but, you know, that's got Roundels. Um, it's got a hat stand. What more do you want? And he was announced as the Doctor, I was so unsure about this 26-year-old little boy. How wrong was I? I he, he will always be my favourite. I just... There's nothing about him that's not the doctor. He had that snake as a tattoo in every regeneration. Didn't feel like himself unless he had the tattoo or herself a couple of times. Ooh. You see? <laughs> done way, way before. Yeah. Goodbye, Goodbye, well, the swimming pool never caused anything but trouble anyway. No, it was... <laughs> it was always leaking. And actually, it's still there, because... It is still there. Where are we? Outside the universe. She is great, isn't she? On many levels. <laughs> I know yeah. you two aren't going to see that. <laughs> oh, I, do, I, I can appreciate the theory. It's the way he looked. He looks like an old man and a kid at the same time. Yeah. And she is brilliant. Yeah, Saran Jones. Yeah. She's fantastic in everything she's ever done. And I really like these title sequences as well. Yeah, this, um, this is fantastic. And it's one of those things that I've got mixed feelings about because I grew up with exactly the same set of title sequences. <laughs> that it was the Tom Baker time vortex thing and it is massively nostalgic for me mm. but actually I really like how often they change them and update them and yeah. 
It's always exciting yeah. to see a new one. And sometimes it, yeah. it's not great, sometimes it's better. Peter Capaldi. But it's nice that there's always something new. I never like... I like Peter Capaldi's titles. I just didn't like the theme. It was the theme, the whiny, whiny. But this new one, I love. Yeah. It's fantastic, yeah. But the, the, the altered the Matt Smith one all the time, and the best version for me was actually... It was, they used it once. I think it was... Either a good man goes to war, or that's still Hitler. And when the logo pops up, and then the TARDIS spins off, it has the TARDIS noises it spins off. Yeah. And it really worked, and they never used it again. I love this whole space junkyard thing. The idea that they they sort of collect time lords, and it throws the idea around, doesn't it? And with the whole Corsair thing, I love the fact that there are more renegades. Yes. It's not just him and the master. Yeah. Which are the only two that have been mentioned so far. Why am I feet? What have I stolen? Really? Thanks to me. What a fantastic idea of being the TARDIS to life. Yeah. It has been done. It was done in Zagreus, which is um bloody awful. I never <laughs> In the days when I lived at home and um, we used to periodically do the audio stuff. I never exposed you to Zagreus. It was the 40th anniversary story, but it was okay. about four hours long. That's fucking awful. Yeah, it was, they were trying to do something different, but bits yeah. of it worked. By making it shit. <laughs> I'm not quite that cruel. They tried something different and it didn't work. Picturing never came. That, that was a burn it with fire. Well, no, actually, Natural History of Fear and the Pirates is a burn it with fire. That was just a, Jesus, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I love an Ood. Hello, Ood. Oh, we should do the Satan Pit at some point. <gasps> that whole confused panic that he does. He's I mean, so childlike, isn't he? When he? And it's not just Matt Smith. When any of them have had good episodes, they've absolutely flown with them. They're, since the TV series came back, there hasn't been a... Not just good, but excellent actor in the role. No, I, I still have. It's the Jodie Whittaker thing. I just can't do it. I. It sounds like they've given her all the leftover lines from Matt Smith. But that's not a down to her. That's writing. Oh yeah, that's mm, the writing. Yeah, but absolutely, it just they're just not performed with even, enough weight. Even this this week. I know we're not talking about this. Mm. Oh no, segue uh, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> but. She had some fantastic stuff, and it was great to see her doing the stuff. But it was like those are David Tennant's and Matt Smith's, yeah. Matt Smith's life. Yeah, and two She's years in, second year in, it shouldn't be. No, no, you should, you should be saying she's brilliant. But every other one in their first episode has been the Doctor by certainly by the end. Yeah, him when when Matt Smith's standing on the roof of Think Tiny's bow tie. So and he goes, "Hello, I am the Doctor." You're not really fond of the Eleventh Hour, are you? But I, you say, I love the Eleventh Hour. I love Deep Breath. I know you don't like Deep Breath. I, I really don't oh. like Deep Breath. I think it's I great. Deep yeah, I wasn't overly fond of Christmas Invasion, but I think largely because it wasn't brilliant. But David Tennant was hardly in it. But the bit there he wasn't. Christmas episodes are fun, but are, are generally not but great episodes. as soon as he yeah. steps out of the TARDIS on board the uh, cigarette ship, he is 
he just rips yes. that whip yeah. thing off the Sycorax leader and he does the the Arthur Dent thing in his dressing gown with his companions and he's just completely in control of the situation yeah. Jodie Whittaker has never had that it's but it is down to the writing and it's it's getting a bit late for her now to have an I am the Doctor moment. well logically speaking she's about halfway into her run unless they've got some great master plan where she stays for six years <laughs> they've all had three series She's definitely doing another season yeah. after this. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be honest, and I think that's a good thing. Hopefully with different set of companions because yeah, none, of them, change something. none of them in and of themselves are bad. I don't think any of them are overly good, but there are too many of them. Yes. Um, I, I like her and Bradley Walsh or, and Graham. See, I, I of, think the other two are a bit. Of the three of them, I think that he's the one that had a complete story arc in, se- in, in the first season. So now um, he needs to go. <laughs> I think he's the one that should go because there's more story to tell with the others. Mm. Ryan, when he gets an opportunity to do something, doesn't really do anything with it. No. Yaz, when she gets an opportunity to do something, absolutely shines. And yes. She's a really good actress. So what I would like to see is Whitaker and, um, and Yaz. Yes. That'd be nice. Yeah. Whereas um, I would rather see Bradley Walsh, I think. That, because he's so... And particularly in this series, more so this series than the last one. He's got that glint in his eye, that twinkle of, of adventure. And the other two are just saying the lines. Him in particular. Actually, two companions worked. Ryan could go off and do something else and you'd get Graham and Yaz and that could work. Yeah, they, they don't have to get rid of one of them. But, you know, like Yaz, Yaz could have a shift as a police officer. So the other two go off and do an adventure and then... Um, you know Bradley Walsh who's a bus driver <laughs> you know, like, oh, I've got to drive the buses today so you two go off and do it it, it, yeah. can, it can still work and I love the way they've just got random crap in the background of yeah. this episode because that was a surgical theatre light and that's a really old monitor and they had a washing machine that would and a bathtub <laughs> and a tyre and and this is the bit where he discovers the and all the fabrics are just patched together and but this, the cubes, they stretch all the way back to Patrick Troughton. He builds one of these cubes in his last story to send to the Time Lords. Oh, yeah. Things like that is what makes the heart. The occasional hardback yeah. to the mythology. Yeah. The only problem, like I said, we've we discussed um, Fugitive of the Doom. Everything about it that was interesting was a heart back to the past. There was nothing original in it, really, that was dead interesting. It should be a linchpin, but not the actual... That's yeah. the only thing that's interesting about this series, is stuff from the past. Yeah. Last series, we're not doing anything about the past. This series, the only interesting... <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, Chris. Although the Nikola Tesla thing, that was a really genuinely good episode. He was very good. I loved it. Oh, he does anger so <laughs> And the slow, brooding anger. Put on time It's also the direction of this episode is really good. I don't know who the director is, but it's really it, It's everything. It's the direction, it's the set design. The writing. 
the writing and the casting there isn't a bad or even average actor in them He really does fill the screen, doesn't he? Yeah. It's his eyes. Have you seen Christopher and His Kind? No. Oh, really, really well worth seeing. Um, it's uh, it's a biopic of Christopher Sherwood during uh, yeah. his time in Berlin. Absolutely brilliant. He was of uh, Prince Philip in The Crown, the first two series, and he was amazing. Mm. He just... He was just Prince Philip. You, you know, he just had that cheeky glint in his eye whenever he said something to the Queen. And so. Oh, people like this. Why won't? Such a giggle on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> you are about to say all that. I don't suppose you have to now. <laughs> oh, it's ages since I've seen this and I'd forgotten how much I enjoy it. And she's probably gone on to have the most successful acting career of anybody else yeah. after Doctor Who, because she's Nebula, isn't she? Yes, she is. Arthur Darvill's been in quite a few things. Has he? Mainly TV series. But not a major MCU no, oh, series. No, not, not Karen Gill. <laughs> he was in... Um, Legends of Tomorrow really yes Tomorrow. yeah uh, w- which was a lot of fun um, and have you seen Timeless no yeah, I don't think so uh, only ran for two series really good fun time travel thing with um, Goran Vishnik as the, the the main sort of bad guy but not really And it's a place that's a really simple set, but it's just so well done. What do you mean, go? Where are you going? No, stop it. Don't get emotional. That's what the orange girl says. What? How? I'm a madman with a box without a box. I'm stuck down the plug hole at the end of the universe on a stupid old junkyard. A what? A what? I'm not. A what? Because it's not a junkyard. Don't you see? It's not a junkyard. What is it then? It's Tardis junkyard. Come on. Oh, sorry. Uh, do you have a name? It's a hundred years. Finally, he asks. So what I call <laughs> you? Do you call me? Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sexy thing is fantastic. As is the junkyard thing, because the the very first episode of Doctor Who was set in a, in a junkyard. Have I never showed you that? Well, the very, very first, first one. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it's one of the beautiful pieces of television ever. The rest of that story isn't brilliant, but the very first episode is. Well, depending whether you regard the rest of the yeah, story yeah. as part of it. Generally, people think of it as a four-episode story. I think of it as a one-episode story and a three-episode story that are completely separate. Yeah. It does look so good, doesn't it? I mean, the CGI on that is slightly ropey, Mm. but it it really doesn't detract from it. And the two of them bouncing off each other is just... I love the music. I love his theme as well. 
the problem I was re-watching some of these not long back and uh, the TARDIS corridors that they've built for this they appear in seven. yeah but they appear in an earlier episode as something quite different and I'd never noticed before it's an earlier episode of Doctor Who yeah oh, is it one of the it was one of the Matt Smith ones yeah It's married couple bickering, written perfectly. I always took you where you need to You know, I'm not constructed that way. I exist across all space and time, and you talk and run around and bring home strays. Bring home strays. See, this whole running about with Rory and Amy is a bit filler. Yeah. And it would actually work so much better if they dropped the two of them off somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and it was purely a Doctor story. Yeah. They, I mean, it's quite a, an interesting story between them two, but it, it detracts. It detracts, yeah. yeah, it detracts. And actually, this would work brilliantly as a between companions story. Mm. And they only, they only ever did that once in the classic series, but it worked really well. What, with just the companions? No, with no companion. Oh. So when Sarah Jane left, there was one story where the Doctor didn't have a companion. And then Leela appeared in the, in the story after. I, re- I love the Deadly Assassin. I cannot wait till the randomizer throws that one out. You wonder why I chose you all those years ago. I chose you. You were unlocked. Of course I was. I wanted to see the universe. Yeah, so there's not really much need for Amy and Rory in this episode, no. although I love them. And so much other stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, the one episode where they didn't ditch them was uh, Christmas Carol, which I love. That that was a a great a great episode with um, Michael Gambon. Elf, Michael Gambon. I cry every time at that one. <laughs> I think it's a lovely, sweet episode. Is that on your three month long? Uh, Christmas, Christmas oh, yeah. the, the Christmas <laughs> thing that starts in July <laughs> yeah we're, well, start, we're starting it tonight Simon <laughs> <laughs> I always think it, in this particular prosthetic he looks like he's out of The Hobbit you know Cat Weasel oh yes <laughs> I've got Cat Weasel with me see neither of us it's just before our time it's before my time Cat Weasel was 1970 <laughs> I'm not that old. Was it? Yes. I was sort of, sort of 75, 76, no. Cat Weasel. Cat Weasel was early 70s. I've no idea about Cat Weasel. Cat Weasel was a time-travelling wizard. Middle, age, uh, middle Ages wizard who accidentally ended up in present day and befriended a, a couple of children and was trying to work his way to get back to his own time. Right. It is quite fun. Like Quantum Leap. No. Except Quantum Leap went from... Um, Time period to time period. Cat Weasel, he was stuck in the present day oh, right, okay. and tried to get back to where he came from. 
So actually reasonably similar to the Doctor Who that was at the time mm. where he was stuck on present day Earth. Catweasel was played by a man called Jeffrey Bailden, who was the crow man in Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> and I only found this out recently that uh, I didn't know he was gay and I didn't know that his partner was Alan Rowe, who was Skin Sale in Horror of Fang Rock. And um, Dr. Evans in the Moonbase. Yes. If you're clinging onto this by your fingertips, <laughs> it doesn't get any better. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to um, focus on Rory dying again. <laughs> oh, the many deaths of Rory. Oh, the immortality of the Moffat era companions. Bless him. And Clara as well. I mean, that annoyed the fuck out of me oh. because. Oh. It, the rave, face the raven, was a perfect yeah. ending for her. And actually, uh, yeah, and uh, she had two really good write-outs and then came back again. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah the, the, the one before Face the Raven, when, uh, what, what was it called, the Christmas one? They were, they, with the dream... The snowman. The snowman, yeah. yeah. Was, she, that, was that what he was? Where, where she only... Where she grew, she grew old and died. Oh, no, that was... Um, Last Christmas. Last Christmas, yeah. And then they brought her back for another series. Well, fair enough, she was fantastic. But then let her, let her die in Face the Raven. Yeah, in a completely different way that they did with Ianto in Torchwood. His death was fantastic. Yeah. And they resisted the temptation to bring him back. Yeah. Which is because it meant that the death was actually real. It was the end, yeah. yeah. It was, and that's what makes it so upsetting, yeah. yeah. Stephen Moffat didn't, didn't get that. And he was like, oh, here's a really emotional episode where the companion dies. But two weeks later, <laughs> they're, they're all right, really. Yeah. They're travelling. Which meant that, and that the whole death of Donna, where it's, oh, it... it it's it's not her act her physical death. It's the death of the person that she became. Well, that's a load of bollocks. I know. I know you weren't a massive fan of Donna. Well, you were. You were I, a fan of Donna. You I like Donna the character. Tate. I like ninety percent of um, or ninety five percent of Catherine Tate's portrayal. Just the dramatic. Bits. It's whenever she needs to do anything emotional. Yeah. Um, the the shouty ranty Donna, which is ninety five percent of Donna. She does that really well because it's a caricature. The bits where she needs a bit more acting chops, she doesn't really have them. Mm. And the Rory and Amy stuff in this is great, but it it's pure filler. Yeah, and it could be it could be a separate story. Yeah. Know? Well, in fact, there is a separate story with the Amy and Rory, the Amy's Choice episode, where they get caught in different time things yeah. and the. This bit I absolutely love. It is pure Neil Gaiman. Have you seen American Gods? I've seen a couple of episodes. Uh, it's not as good as the novels, but it is really, really good. And um, even better is Good Omens. I believe so, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that is wonderful. That's definitely on the list. How did you find this place? It's not on my internal schematic. The effort of filming on that console room for one episode <laughs> but I think all of the modern console rooms have been stored rather than 
Oh, they've not been destroyed, no. Um, although the one that I'm sceptical about is this 11th Doctor console mm. room because it was the reason they built a new one was it was it too was big too big to yeah. dismantle and remount at Cardiff yeah and, and the new TARDIS that took over from, from that was, was cool but it, it wasn't as Matt Smith as this one I think the the, Matt, the second Matt Smith console room only really came into its own when Peter Capaldi got it. I yeah, think. but actually, yeah, with the library and yeah. stuff. Yeah, mm. it made sense. But the best one of the lot, the lot is Paul McGann, because without that, that was on a movie scale. The Mahogany Cathedral. Do you remember that one? Fantastic TARDIS. Although I I actually really like the classic series secondary control room. Yes, that worked. It was only there for a year because right. the the the, um, the sets warped in storage. It, it's quite small, but it it's panelled walls and stained glass windows, and brass rails ba- based around sort of Victorian writing desk with little flip down. Um, Who was that? Was that, was, uh, that was Baker. one of the Tom Bakers? Oh. I don't I don't think I've ever seen. No, yeah, it's not one that me and you have ever delved into. But he was very nice. It was. Uh, well, we've got robots of death sitting there. <laughs> is it secondary control room for that? Yeah. Is that the nine times out of ten speech? Oh well. Oh. Since <laughs> we were going to do it anyway this session. But no, McGann's control room remains my favourite. And with the record player. Yeah. And they use it so well in the audios. Oh really? Yeah. You want me to give my word? Easy, I promise. Whose voice is that? I don't know. (laughs) But it's very familiar. Oh, it's great the way she just follows his lead without without any question at all. And Rory's there going, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Like, Amy. And the the whole is absolute joy at the the TARDIS being free again. And all the bits in the background that are, are, are sort of coming back to life. Every time I watch this episode, it's one of those ones that uh, I see new things every time. It's quite nice that it's Rory the one that's getting all teary-eyed. Yeah. Amy doesn't care. She doesn't want another girl. <laughs> no, it's all about me. Did we miss oh. it? Or doesn't someone at this in, in this episode mention something like in the forest the only water is the river or something like that? I know I know it it, it comes out in the reveal later on. Unless it's coming up. Maybe. Oh, Forest is the river. She said we'd need to know that someday. It doesn't make sense, does it? 
Uh, the house deleted all the bedrooms. I should probably make you into a new bedroom. You'd like that, wouldn't you? And those stairs, you will continue to find it on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> the, the times they've had a, an actual couple in the, the TARDIS as companions, it worked really well. Mm. Although, because he wasn't there right from the start yeah. as a companion, it's kind. He, he always kind of felt a bit like an add-on. Yeah, he always. Does. Yeah, especially because most of the time he was just there to die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is that. <laughs> Look at his face there. Oh. oh. Michael Sheen, what? Well, I, I, I knew I recognised it. He's so versatile. <laughs> well, he is, yeah. That was absolutely fantastic. Um, I love that. I haven't seen it in a few years. Really, thank you for suggesting it, because <laughs> there were massive great chunks where we were just all three of us staring at the screen and how dare we enjoy the programme <laughs> we should have been talking through it the whole time we didn't do too badly we did better than me and Simon have done over several sessions recently <laughs> even with quite crap episodes however <clears throat> time monster yes <laughs> there is something now with it being your very very first recording session we've got something for you I'm now like, oh I'm excited yeah remember episode 9 when we did our birthday episodes oh dear god well before we ah. do that oh we need a drag queen index ah yes no. Siri I am Persian name your price this is where you two come in, because I still, <laughs> after all this time, really don't get the drag queen thing. So I just, it's, I can't, I can't even, it can't even deadpan it. It's just not going in. Right. What do we think? Well, I'm outnumbered here. What's going on? Are you feeling this as a minority? I'm feeling like a minority. I'm, I, I'm a straight man. What, oh, what are no, no, I'm persecuted. A straight white man. <laughs> Damn you, Alter. You've had your own way for far too long, sir. This is what Brexit looks like. <laughs> Off you jolly well fuck. Go with your drag queens. Go. Yeah. So what are the we'll criteria? We'll be here with the drag queens and the gin. <laughs> you enjoy I'll just be your... on Twitter saying how awful it is being a white middle-aged man. You enjoy your farage corner. <laughs> no, no, no. You gammon away over there. <laughs> What, what's Back the criteria the for a drag queen? Um, well, we need we need to look like a drag queen, really. He has no idea what the, this looks like, so I have to explain it to him every time. Every time. I have to say, not a huge... I, okay, Idris's dress is kind of Victoriana-ish. Yeah. That's about the only thing. There's, there's no really good resting bitch face, which you really no, need for a drag no. queen. Because Idris is so animated, that never happens. And who's the other one? Auntie... Um, yeah, and Amy never really bit back hits the spot. Yeah, I don't think it's great on the drag queen index. No. I'm thinking about a two. Yeah, Idris has got big hair. Oh, that's true. But, maybe, but crap makeup. I, I, crap, yeah, well, it, yeah. yeah, it is. It's bad makeup too. Yeah, that, that yeah, kind I, of knocks I, out I, the, I the, the good wig. Good wig, crap makeup. They balance each other out. 
Two. 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 Well, lots to think about there. <laughs> Are you feeling left out? <laughs> Is Which wigs and makeup fantastic. not something you feel an expert on? Um, can, can I just uh, point of order? Well, yeah, point of point of order. I was I was looking through photos to try and put on your birthday card this year because, of course, <laughs> you know, old photos. Fantastic. But, but, no, they, no, they're not old photos. I was trying. I was trying to find a photo of a drag queen that summed Ken. Well, shit up, Bray. Because what's it, this it's going always, to be? It's always Diamond Ken. <laughs> Brace um, yourself in front of Diamond Ken. So, have you? Have you? What? You? You're a fan of Drag Race, aren't you? Never watched a one. What? No? You've never watched Drag Race? <gasps> this is RuPaul, isn't it? Yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, they, have, they, anyway... Have they were, we not mentioned the drag queen episode that we're planning on recording this evening? Um, <laughs> no, 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 I, no. I, 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 no. I oh, my one. God. I, you're outnumbered. You don't get to say in this. Jesus. Well, anyway, huh. they, they did a UK version of Drag Race. Yes. And one of the episodes they do is called... It's the American version of Blankety Blank. So they... <laughs> They, they all they all dress up. And um, it's snatch game. It's called yes. <laughs> snatch what? game. And I've, I've seen I've seen YouTube videos of this. Yeah, and so they all dress up as celebrities, and you know because Bianca Del Rio did Dora the Explorer. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> she did a Judge Judy as well, didn't she? Yes. Yeah, yeah. In the UK version, one of the drag queens did bag of chips, and she did Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is brilliant. Is that how you see me? No. <laughs> All these years. <laughs> it's not how I saw one years it, and that's how you It's picture. not how I saw you, but I thought if you opened that if you open your birthday card on your birthday and saw that, you'd be like and, and I was trying to put something along the lines of the this the lady's not for turning, but it's Ken's birthday, so we'll do it anyway. <laughs> it, 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 Good old moon. What the hell is that? Bag of chips. I, I'm lost for words, which isn't much good on a <laughs> podcast, really. And it's fairly unusual. So anyway, uh, yeah, your birthday episode, uh, we've, we've looked... I'm so sorry. I'm so, so <laughs> what, sorry. What is about to happen is not Doctor Who at its best, but it might be quite entertaining. It is, for those who know, Underworld, episode two, is nearest to Paul's birthday in 1978. He's exactly a month before me, and I got lucky. I got Invasion of Time. You less so. This was, this was a serial word. <laughs> it was a filler. Uh, it's not even that. Posting it mildly. <laughs> this, this, is, this is running out of money on a grand scale. Uh, they did everything against a blue screen. And then repeated it many times throughout the same episode. It's fairly shit. With Excellent. polystyrene I'm, I'm rocks. But we do quite well with crap. Crap we do better with than something that we gush over. Um, oh, yeah. I, quite a mess in the pit, which we... Which was magnificently uh, wonderful. Was rhapsodizing one of, over... Uh, it was just... <laughs> Unbelievably wonderful. Made a quite a dull episode. When you when you're sitting there just going, wow, Oh, this, this is, is fantastic, this is fantastic. <laughs> no, what you want is this is shit, and it's shit because <laughs> yeah. So welcome to Underworld. <laughs> well coming I'm up excited. in the run, we do have Doctor Who the Crimson Horror, which we have already recorded. Fucking awful. Oh Yeah, it's going I've to be I've not sworn before now before on this, have I? Well the night is yeah, young, it's <laughs> only quarter past six. We we keep it pre watershed. Oh? No. Well, I hope you're ready for this, Paul, because although you've been very open minded about classic Doctor Who, I know that it's never been a great passion of yours. This is no. really throwing you in at the deep end. 
Excellent. Underworld Part 2. I'm very Yay. sorry. From I'm January 1978. <laughs> no spoilers, but it's shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not Doctor Who at its glorious best. But... Well, the Infobolics is an actual thing. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I always thought it was something that you two, when you were talking... Because, because we're was, so knowledgeable you, you about it. Like, no, you just no, it came, comes up with all this information. Oh. That, that basically has subtitles. That's shattered all of my illusions. Though. Well... <laughs> It's probably not the only illusion that'll be shattered. <laughs> and you're, you're like, oh, well, the director of this also directed two episodes of Downton Abbey. What? <laughs> How do you know all this? To be fair, Massive Geeks, and there's just an awful lot of stuff we we know as a result of being Massive Geeks. Um, but yeah, the, the info text does really help. <laughs> that makes sense. Most episodes I will try and put a polish on this it's how they were desperately trying to do things with pretty much no budget. So everything is against bad green screen and loads of scenes are just repeated and repeated and repeated. I'm expecting to be disappointed. <laughs> and lots of skinny extras in skins and things. Yeah, it's all tied up in Greek mythology. and There's a, a race called the Minions um, who the Time Lords had basically tried to uplift and the the minions after a little while had just said well we don't really like being told what to do you can fuck away off so the the time lords left them alone and didn't interfere with the um the development of any further species there is a genetic race bank that for some reason the minions sent off on a spaceship and another spaceship that they sent chasing it and has been doing f- so for a fuck ton of years. I can't remember why. I'm not sure it's ever really explained why. They end up at this planet that has formed around the original spaceship. And in this planet, there are a load of caves that descendants of the, of the minions who are on that original spaceship have it's a colony ship or something, isn't it? Anyway, there's there's people. Yeah, I've edited it. The, UK gold territory. Last time I saw this, there, there's people in the caves. They they're there. There's other people running around in really bad uniforms with terrible hoods over them. And there, there's a few people in a spaceship that have been living for a an awful lot of years and regenerating when they get very old. That's kind of the point you get to at episode two, I think. They spent all the money that they had on episode one, and that wasn't a lot. <laughs> right. And then they realised that, yeah, this is, we've got a few polystyrene rocks. What could possibly go wrong if we just do it all against a blue cloth? And we're I about to watch what to could possibly go wrong. What time would this have been on? Oh, 6.25. That's exactly an hour after I was born. I was born at 5.25pm. You see, this is the level of information that Doctor <laughs> Who gets. 9.1 million people, though. Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah, what it doesn't tell you is how many... this <laughs> boss watch program of the week. What? How many, how many turn, turned off two minutes in? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, she... See, she was busy on Instagram. <laughs> wasn't interested in the slightest. Oh, hey, I can't remember his name, but he was an absolute arse to everybody while I was recording. I'm going to have to look at who it is now. He's dead now, so I can say what I like. I'm not sure he would have listened even when he was alive. <laughs> he was like anyway. So in, in the first episode, she was there as a, a really old woman and... Um, <laughs> Herrick. Uh, and he was only 44 when he died. But she regenerates uh, uh, 
in the the first episode. Right. And isn't actually wildly happy about it because there were originally a lot more crew on this and they allowed themselves to go back beyond the point where they regenerated. Right. <laughs> oh, Alan Lake, who was the third husband of Diana Dawes, on re- reaction to first meeting her, he said, oh no, not Madame Tits and Lips. But within days, they had fallen in love. In July 1970, Lake was involved in a pub brawl. Dawes said of him, alcohol unleashed a monster, uncontrollable and frightening. Lake began hallucinating and experiencing psychotic episodes. It was diverted from drinking after becoming a Roman Catholic. <laughs> yes, because that has traditionally been good for people's mental health. <laughs> I'm, I have forgotten what the whole significance of bursting out of the bowling ball and diving into a lake of slop is, but... <laughs> it continues. Lake burnt all of Diana Dora's clothes and fell into a depression... Why does he have bulldog clips on his antennae? We must be right on top of it. Run away! Run away! Uh, sadly, oh it doesn't God, get better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> siren rocks, and you will get very sick of seeing that camera, <laughs> and. There is probably a reason for those, those hoodie men. Oh, it is, oh, isn't there? Because the there's men. the men of war. <laughs> oh, look at those flares! Good grief! <laughs> Let's go, this guys. There's a sign of distress. Get us out of this. That's it. That's his role. Oh, well, oh they, that's quite a hat. Is, is this where the minions? It must be pointed out that Minions is M-I-N-Y-A-N, not not sort of the Gru style of Minions. Yeah, but look. There's a town in Cornwall called Minions. Oh, is that? Spelt like the little yellow thing, Minions. And they've had to take the town sign down because so many people stopped to get photographed <laughs> against it that it, it was causing accidents. They do really, uh, really, really, really nice cream teas. And there's a, a pile of rocks, which makes it sound a bit shit, but it's a pile of, a pile of rocks about 40 feet high and a, a, a stone circle. I quite like Minions. I used to live in Cornwall, so I know quite a bit of shit about it. And you see, same scene all over again yeah. with the same flares. <laughs> yeah. and same shot, people walking that way, that way, that way, that way. I know it doesn't even vary the direction they're walking. Oh, it's... This is pretty bad. I mean, part two of a, a story is generally not the greatest. <laughs> this is a very good example of that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help that they have those terrible masks on. I know with the eyelets in there. Like, and there does turn out to be, uh, I was going to say a good reason, there turns out to be a reason for it later on. Um, what, for the eyelets? Well, for the, the, the whole... Gimp. <laughs> <laughs> the gimp costume. You see, it's not really a gimp costume because, again, that tends to be quite tight fitting. Trogs. It's like but the whole something you'd make at a first attempt in needlework class, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, stri- a scripted remark, oh well. Yeah, but that's, it definitely brought a lot to it, didn't it? That's Tom Baker. He kind of made things up as he went along. Otherwise, it would have been a very silent scene. <laughs> Well, Peter Moffat, the director, said that there were a lot of 
beverage-related incidents during the course. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Beck used to like to go to the pub. <laughs> and at this point, the green screen was actually yellow screen, which is why there's a lot of bleed through on the mm. reflection on the, uh, the costumes. But as I said, that camera you get very <laughs> sick of seeing because yeah. and he's standing very oddly, isn't it? It's sort of leaning back and belly thrust forward, almost as sort of Rick Mail. They must have been boiling their bollocks off in those costumes. You see, camera again. <laughs> There's only Louise Jameson that looks vaguely comfortable. And she's fine. Oh, she is fine. <laughs> and it, it's kind of a mark of their professionalism that they are giving it their very best <laughs> shot. Yeah, with they, they know how shit, shit it is. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, we've got it. We've just got to get yeah. through this, guys. That's actually quite a nice ch- a shot, that, a tracking shot. Well, of course it is. You only say that because you can see Louise Jameson's cleavage. <laughs> the flares are not your classic military, really. <laughs> In fairness to the effects, though, I know it's a bit ropey, but it's not bad if you... In terms of using your imagination... Which bit of this is Oh, bad? no, they've, they've made the effort with bugger all money... They have made the effort. They've even made the effort to get the lighting right. Hey, up. <laughs> Ray. Unfortunate choice of words, Leela. <laughs> we definitely shouldn't and look under this sheet. And they're looking straight at him, and the cheat is going, <laughs> We're not here, honest. Yeah, no, nothing to see here. It was very uncomfortable for Louise Jameson. Yeah, Tom Baker was perfectly happy. <laughs> no complaints from him. The prop cart re- wasn't really big enough. It was just shown, it's like her shoulder underneath Tom's back to fit into it. I mean, that costume does look very tight. It does. It does. <laughs> By coming at him with a knife to... Yeah, I can't remember watching this at all first time around. And I, I probably did because I, I used to spend Saturdays at my grandparents and my gran and I would watch Doctor Who. But there are certain stories I can't remember. Mm. Much like when I, when I watch the the new ones with, with Lucas, my son, he's going to remember certain things, but he's not going to remember every single episode. You know when you were a kid... Which bits of Doctor Who do you, do you remember as a kid? Because you all know what they are, but well, the majority of them are. As a kid, the main things that I remember was one of the companions got caught up in a uh, in in something, and she ended up getting her head shaved. Well, she might not have got a head shaved. Yeah, she did. Yeah, it's, mind warp. Yeah, mind warp. Yeah. yeah, and and she died. And she died. Yeah, yes. and uh, that. Always and she died. And it was like... We're on different sides of the fence. What? <laughs> but you can't do that to someone in a normal sassy... You can't just kill someone off. Who was it that? Perry. 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 Nicola Bryan was... Yeah, she was, she was quite a favourite of mine. But I, I remember that. I, that always sticks in my mind. She, she but got, anything else? 
from when you were little. Just like little bits of stuff. Well, yeah, but that's what it, my memories from when I was little are always little bits. The Garm from Terminus is one of mine. It's a big dog thing with red eyes. But I only remember fragments. I remember um, the cramp scene in Caves of Androzani for some reason. God knows why. I remember Pudding Lane burning in the visitation. That, I think, is my earliest memory of Doctor Who. I certainly oh, remember Earthshot. I remember Pudding Lane. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I probably watched that with you, though, rather than originally watched it. Because uh, we went through a period where, when I lived at home and you were around the corner, you said, just show me the first and last episodes of stories and fill in the gaps. <laughs> Can you imagine watching the first and last episodes of stories and just filling in the middle bits? Can you imagine anyone doing that? <laughs> yeah, who would do that? Who would do that? Who would for, any, for, all the, for your friends' entertainment, honestly. <laughs> the only thing I remember with any clarity is um, the actual the Peter Cushing movies, which were on Saturday mornings. They were repeated quite a few times, so I knew those stupidly better than the series. <laughs> first one I can really clearly remember is Robots of Death. Really, as late as that. I mean, I can remember, I can remember Ark, in, Ark in Space, but not clearly as a whole story. And there are things like Seeds of Doom and Hand of Fear, Brain of Morbius, Mask of Mandrago, that I can remember bits of. But the first one I can really remember watching as a complete story was... Uh, quite, I would have expected you to have remembered fragments of Pertwee. Uh, I can... Very, very vaguely remember Planet of the Spiders, and I suspect that was the pre-season 12 repeat. In my mind, my very earliest Doctor Who memory is actually uh, the tide is falling off a cliff. That'd be Five Faces. Yeah, it's got to be. Monster of Peladon, was it? Or was it Curse? Curse. Because Curse. Curse is quite a good story. Monster of Peladon shit. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I remember... Yeah, uh, but more importantly for that season, Curse is a four-episode story, Monster Repose on the set. Yeah. I also remember the Doctor talking to Davros. Now, I can't find any record of Genesis being repeated anywhere near my formative years. So it's got to have been Destiny, but I would have been very young for that. Sort of 18 months, two years old. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure I remember Genesis being repeated. The other thing it could be is the audio version of Genesis. Oh, not visually. I remember seeing it. Destiny, I just cannot believe that I remember that. I would have been so young in <laughs> 1979, even late 1979. <laughs> but I don't remember... I, I can't find anything of Genesis being repeated, but it's been repeated that many times. Maybe. I think, I, I think we're building up to a cliffhanger, aren't we? We are. Oh, there, there he was. Oh, well anticipated. Oh, the relief that it's all over. This was on your birthday. Well, well, I don't even know what to say. The five face of Manfred Mann. No, I will. So, what did you think of your birthday episode? <laughs> I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> I mean, we, to be fair, we did talk all the way through it, but... Yeah, welcome yeah. to the Exynos experiment. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't great. Well, actually, good episodes, we tend to focus on the episode and <laughs> add a load of gumph at the end. But yeah, that that's not a good one. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm right. looking forward to what comes next. What, of this story? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Will. Let me make myself clear. <laughs> so we need to do a drag queen index for it. <laughs> I am Persian. Name your price. There, there weren't that many females. In um, there were women in sacks. There was blonde minion woman in that deflated Michelin man costume that they all wear. Mm. And there was Leela. There wasn't a great deal of resting bitch face. No. Uh, And also the fact that Ken made that sound about (laughs) Leela. Yeah, but Ken makes that sound about Romana One. You can jolly well fuck off. No. (laughs) If you say anything derogatory about Mary Tam, I'm telling you now. Mary Tam, reboss operation, that will do. Post operation. <laughs> oh, no. this is why having a not we is good. How drag queeny is that? I mean, come on. Yes, exactly. Thirty-one years we've known each other, and now you're going to throw all that away. You could wear that, can you? Is this the the white furs? <laughs> yeah. She was so beautiful. Her husband died of a broken heart on the day of her funeral. Oh. Yes. Um, I mean, it's probably not just down to the fact that she was so beautiful. It's probably down to the fact that she was a very lovely person as well. And Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, everything about yeah. her. I've, I've got her autobiography on CD, and she just comes across as the most wonderful woman. Yeah. Interviews that you see with her, she just comes across as absolutely lovely. Probably more importantly, when you talk to other people who knew her about her. She, yeah. yeah. I met her. I did. I met her in Liverpool, and... She was just a delight. I mean, by that point, she was in her early 60s and she wasn't much older when she died. And she was just stunning. It lit up the entire room. So, yeah, for that reason, she is... But the Rebus <sighs> Operation copper, uh, costume is a bit drag queen. The, yeah, the, pro- <laughs> the post-operation has <laughs> will forever be now. The first segment of the key to time. Yeah, the <laughs> Post-op, before that, she was the monk. <laughs> Romana is a regeneration of the monk. Now, how about that for a fan theory? Chris Chibnall, feel free. You you, you seem to be uh, fucking about with continuity to a certain extent. <laughs> You've already broken the boundaries. Just go for it, mate. Go for it. So, having broken you in reasonably gently, I, do you think you're up for recording a couple more episodes? Yeah, definitely. Let's go. Well, on that note, if you're willing to do more, we shall sign off for this time. Thank you very much, boys and girls, for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. There'll be more gin consumed. The next episode will probably have a wine vortex warning on it. God, I mean, it's not even seven o'clock. Well, no, it's just gone <laughs> seven o'clock. Yes, the we, yard is over the sun. Uh, yes. we, we, we've a long time before we get into the, the wine vortex. I don't want to know what the wine vortex is. <laughs> if, if there's only episode where we're clearly too pissed while we're recording it, there's a warning goes out beforehand. The leisure hive. Once, the leisure hive. The radiation antidote. Uh, the radiation antidote. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. you know what I'm talking about. And with that, we shall sign off for this time. We will be back shortly with another episode. Goodbye now. Bye. The Exton Moss experiment featured Simon Exton, Ken Moss, and Paul Isles. All featured television soundtracks are the property of their respective producers, and no infringement of copyright is intended. The program was recorded in Rishton, Lancashire, and produced by Maverick Productions.
For more information, please visit our website at extonmossexperiment.blogspot.com or find us on Facebook.